the Titans, the Mount Rushmore players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. And we're live. This is No Butts About It. I am your host, Josh Butts, in a dining room in Indiana. I'm here with Chuss, who is in a basement in Pittsburgh. I think I might have peaked my audio because Chuss is grabbing at his uh, ears like I did. I, I'm sorry yeah, if I hurt you, your ears. You, you screamed into the mic, and it was really, really loud. Um, I'm sorry about it, that. It had, here, let me, it had, let me lower my volume it, it, for it, your it, little it, ears. It, it, no, listen, you're fine. Your audio is fine. But when you, you get really close to the mic and go, hey, it's, it's a little, uh, it's a little, it's a little un- under, and I apologize for anybody else that I just well, uh, disrupted normal. their ears. It's, it's going to be all good. By the, okay, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. by the time it gets to them, you're, they're going to be like, what is he talking about? There's nothing yeah, going on here. There's no, no worries at all. <laughs> so, uh, so obviously Monday night, um, or Monday's episode, we're like super excited about the Bills Bengals game. We're like, this is gonna be an awesome game. We're gonna be able to talk about it on Wednesday. I was super hype. I was waiting all day for it. It was a game I'd been waiting for all season. And then um, it's it started. Uh, Bengals were looking really good. Got an early touchdown. Joe Burrow to Tyler Boyd um, held Bills to a field goal. And then about at about 8:55 I think was the time uh what I just forgot his name Hamlin well T Higgins t- Joe Burrow threw a threw a pass to T right. Higgins to De- Joe, uh, Demar Hamlin Jamar, Demar Hamlin I wanted to call him Denny Hamlin and that's a NASCAR driver no Demar Hamlin um he made the tackle on T Higgins Normal tackle, nothing dirty, completely clean. It's a tackle you see 60 times in a football game. And he just, he stood up and then he collapsed on the ground. And, you know, at first it was like, I mean, we've seen that before. We saw that with Tua. Tua did that this year. He got up and then he stumbled and he fell down. But the thing was, DeMar didn't really move after that. And then they had the ambulance come on the field, which is I've seen that happen before. Some people have said that's never happened before. I've seen that happen before. What I've never seen before is all of the players start crying. Um, Josh Allen was crying. Joe Burrow went over to Josh Allen and hugged him. Stefan Diggs was crying. Tredavious White was crying. And it you knew it was a horrible situation. Uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were doing their best. Props to the whole ESPN 
everyone who was there um, in the studio, in the booth, Lisa, Joe Buck, Booger, Susie, anyone else involved, props to all you guys because filling that long of dead air when you're supposed to be like just enjoying a football game, that's so hard. That's, that's near impossible. And I thought they did a really good job, especially considering we had little to no updates. Um, Damar Hamlin did need CPR. They resuscitated him on the field, got him into the ambulance. Um, and it, it was, I don't like using this analogy, but I don't know what else to compare it to. It felt like I was watching 9-11 because you didn't know what was going to happen and you knew you were watching something bad that was out of your control. Um, my, my dad, he has been on the fire department for 40 some years. He's seen people die before I've seen people die. He's seen many more people die and he was sitting there crying. We all knew that this was something bad. This was something we were all experiencing as a country. You got on Twitter and everyone was talking about it. Um, the, the thing is he, it's, it's sounding like he's getting better. So I don't want this to be a complete downer. Uh, but the, it sounds like he's getting better. That's what's important. People are praying for him. We're going to continue to pray for him. Dan Orlovsky prayed for him on ESPN. So I want to shout out Dan Orlovsky for that. Cause that takes guts. The other thing is Zach Taylor showed what a leader is in the way he handled the situation, in my opinion. He could have easily been like, oh, well, Sean Sean, uh, McDermott, you want to go to the hospital? Well, then you guys are going to have to forfeit the game. But no, Zach said, if you want to go to the hospital, you go to the hospital. I'm going to take my guys to the locker room. You're going to take your guys to the locker room. And then when they were in the locker rooms, I don't know if you saw this, Joe Burrow and the other Bengals captains went over to the visiting team locker room where the Bills were and talked to them, made sure they were all okay. So this was just such a scary situation. And I saw a couple of people on Twitter saying like, oh, these guys get paid millions of dollars to play a game. They get paid to play. Mil- they get, they got to man up. They got to go out and do that. And, uh, they're talking about like so officers and firefighters they they deal with this daily they they see death daily this isn't anything different yeah it is it is different because you don't go into that game expecting to see someone almost die that's not what happens you you expect ACLs you expect Achilles you may maybe you expect a neck injury you don't expect to have to see a 24 year old who joined your team in 2021 to be knocked out on the ground, unconscious, without a pulse, being given CPR for nine minutes. That doesn't happen. That's not right. what these guys go in playing. And I, I was just So that was I, what was annoying me. I don't well, know. I know you're from Pitt. DeMar is a huge Pitt guy. So I don't know if you have any local – um, I mean, it goes without saying, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot to be said, but kind of adding off of what you said before I go into my own little tangent about Damar, um, I, uh, I just want to say like when, when they go out there and stuff like that, um, and play, 
um, one of the things that <clears throat> many people don't realize is when you go out on that field, I, like while wow, you guys are teammates, and at this point you're in week 17 of the season, um, and since Demar has been on the team for over a year now, you, you grow bonds with these people. At, at a point, they're almost like your family, and it, to see a family member, a family member, a brother, a teammate go down to the point in which you don't know if he's going to live is horrifying. Um, and to just yeah, like like said, like CPR from nine minutes on the field, um, just just like almost like hopeless like when you would go on the tv it almost felt like it was like hopeless you you just it was something that like had never been seen before um i was talking with josh before we started recording um and we just kind of mentioned like the ryan shazier incident that happened like like 20 like 2015 almost it's it's been a while it's i can't even remember when it happened at this point but when uh, the ryan shazier incident happened um he was still like responding to people he just was paralyzed from like the waist down. So like he couldn't like move, but like he was still able to like communicate. And if I remember correctly, and I might not be remembering correctly, but I do think that he was like able to like put up a thumbs up and the game did continue. But with this, it was a lot different. Um, you just, you just felt the, the stillness in the air, the Bengals and Bills fans like locked arms, crying, like praying, like they didn't, they didn't show it on TV. They went back to the booth a lot, but there is just a lot of things that happened behind the scenes that not a lot of people were seeing and should go and be mentioned. I mean, I give a lot of props to Bengals fans as well, just showing up to the hospital after the game and just, you know, showing their support and whatnot. And it's just, it's just a really tough time because it's not something that you ever want to see. And especially to this capacity, um, like, like you said, players get hurt all the time, but to a point where the player enters critical condition is like almost unheard of. I, can never I don't know I don't maybe this has happened before but I cannot recall a time in the NFL where this has happened to the point where like it's happened in the in the game like you hear about high school students and stuff like on the news like whether it's local or just nationally like basic news where it's just um a 16 year old high school player comes home and collapses after a game and like dies from whatever but like with this it was like right in the middle of the game like it's just something that just is so unfortunate and like unforeseen but going back on Demar as a person, um, I he obviously, for those of you who don't know, he is from uh, Pittsburgh. He's from the McKees Rocks area. For the more people that know Pittsburgh a little bit better, um, he went to Central Catholic High School and was also um, uh, went to the University of Pittsburgh. And he played with Kenny Pickett as well as some other pit names um, that I could mention. But point is is that he was always a really good player he always cared a lot about the community as many of you probably know at this point he has a fundraiser that uh his goal was twenty five hundred dollars that was a toy drive he was going to give back um toys games and different things to uh people in the mckees rocks area a lot of kids and whatnot and now it's over five million dollars uh overnight which is crazy um but also super good because they're going to use that for the community and for just everything that's going on right now for the family and whatnot, which is amazing. Um, but Damar Hamlin is an icon here in, in Pittsburgh. Um, not only has he just been very good for the community, but he was a legend at Pitt. He was a legend at Central Catholic. And he's just been an overall great guy. And I don't think anybody wants to see him uh, 
not get through this because you know it's it i don't it's just mm. it's such a tragic situation but one of the things i also just kind of want to like reiterate about like how good of a guy he was um i saw this tweet and i kind of remember hearing about it briefly a couple couple years ago um i remember i was in high school when when a lot of these quotes came out and stuff but um one of, one of the quotes that was mentioned back i think from 2017 uh, they asked him like he had a bunch of different offers from different schools and he chose Pitt and they asked him why he chose Pitt. And he said that the reason that he chose Pitt was because he had a younger brother and he wanted to be a role model for him. And I think that says a lot about who DeMar Hamlin is and a very, you know, selfless, always looking for others, always helping others, always wanting to give back. And it's, it's one of those things where it's, he's a human being and he's more than just a player with a number on the field, just playing football for your favorite team or for your rival team he's a human doing a lot of good things and he's only 24 and that I think and not that at any age it should happen but I think the saddest thing is is he's so young and he's just as they even said on on air he's living his dream just for it to turn into a nightmare as they quoted on tv and I'm just really hoping and praying I I watching him at Pitt you know growing up being in Pittsburgh and seeing him and knowing people that had graduated at Central Catholic right around the time that he had graduated and all these different things and whatnot. Um, it's really, it's really sad. And from my standpoint, growing up and what, like growing, like kind of maturing from teenage years into my twenties and stuff, watching him play in um, high school. And where at that point he was in pit and going into college. Um, I knew that he was going to be a stud from day one. I knew that he was going to be a legend and um and I was so pleased to know that he got drafted and I was hoping that he got the opportunity to play and he did. And just for that crazy of a situation to happen, just like literally broke my heart because I cried because he like of how big of a person he was during that time with all the pit years and stuff of me really getting into it. And um, I just, I really was freaking out and I'm just very glad that he's, doing better he's still in critical condition but i'm hopeful that with all the different updates we've gotten that it's positive as he has gone from 100 percent on ventilator to 50 percent, i believe now mm-hmm. um they flipped him on his stomach they're just trying everything that they can and props to the university of cincinnati's uh medical hospital i believe that's the right right term of their hospital i give them a lot of props there medical center I don't yeah differences but but yeah, they're they're just pulling out all the stops for Demar, and and I know that him and his family really appreciate it. Like I know that he's obviously not conscious right now, but I know that he will greatly appreciate everything once he wakes up, and when he will wake up, because he's a fighter, right. and he's he's gonna get through this. Now I don't know if he'll ever return to football, but regardless of if he returns to football or not, hope that he'll be okay, and whatever his next journey is, even if it is returning to football or just retiring and calling it a career he's going to do a lot for the community and he's still going to be very involved and i'm and if he if um he doesn't go back to football i'm hoping to be able to help him out in his uh, community since you know both locals and doing things so i'm hoping he'll be back soon because i i don't i i i knew people and i grew up relatively close to mckee's rocks area um, I'm not from the area of McKees Rocks, but I live about 15 minutes away from there. I don't live that close anymore, but um, I do know the area genuinely well. So um, it'll be good to hopefully help him 
if needed. But but I digress. I'm praying for you, Damar, and um, you know I'm praying for the family. And um, you know he has a lot of support here in Pittsburgh right now. He's, um, I went to a Pitt basketball game yesterday, and they did a whole thing for Damar Hamlin. Um, everybody's been tweeting about it. Um, all the I believe all 32 teams in the NFL have changed their thing, their profile picture to pray for Damar Hamlin, the number three in Buffalo Bills. And um, I just think that it's just a really crazy time because everybody in the football community has come together. Um, even on Pitt football's Twitter page, there was getting tweets from teams that we, like Pitt doesn't even typically play usually. Like, for example, like Alabama was commenting, like, we're sending you, you know, love from uh, the University of Alabama and just LSU was reaching out. Just like a lot of just different people. You're seeing like, like Robert Griffin the third pop in. You're seeing like, um, like RG, like um, uh, well R RG three obviously. You're seeing JJ Watt. You're seeing Tim Tebow. You're seeing like all these people like reaching out and tweeting and posting on on Twitter and Instagram and everybody. And it was just, it was a really crazy Even moment. Even in the GoFundMe, I don't know if you looked at the GoFundMe list, the people who donated on there. It's like Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels, JJ yeah. Watt, TJ Watt, just like the the whole NFL. And I, I think that's so beautiful. One of the reasons that I wanted to start this podcast was because I believe that sports, and most specifically football, have the ability to bring people together. Of course, there are rivalries, there are divisions, there are things that, like, you know, people butt heads about. But ultimately, other than a few insane people in every fan base, those are things that bring people together. And we have seen that clearly illustrated by both the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the entire NFL. The fact that there were... Um, teams canceling practices to honor DeMar. The fact that the, I'm, I'm keeping track of it right now, but the uh, Hall of Fame announcements, they pushed that back to tonight to honor DeMar yesterday. Mm -hmm. T. Higgins, I don't know. I assume he's not still at the hospital because the Bengals did have a walkthrough practice today. But I know that T. Higgins and Stefan Diggs were both at the hospital um, since 11.30 yesterday, but I assume they left this morning or sometime last night. It, it's, it's bringing people together. Um, everyone kind of seems to be on the same wavelength other than like three guys, like, like Skip Bayless decided he w he's never on the same wavelength as everyone else, though. Never, yeah. So... But I mean, people. I'm yeah. It's just a it's a crazy time right now. Um, but it's a, it's I mean, a unite. Yeah. It's a thing that unites people. It, it's I'm not glad that it happened, but I'm glad that this is the reaction to it happening. I'm yeah. I'm glad that it's it's really. I mean, even from rivalries, like you're seeing, like uh, the Patriots that in Gillette Stadium, they they put up blue lights for Demar and. A lot of the uh, even just like the rivalry teams, like the Jets, as well, um, and you know the Dolphins and whatnot. Like they're all just putting like just different things out for the rivalry, like for the for their rival, you know, in their division rival. Like they're still supporting him and being like, we, you know, we're supporting you, we love you, and like it's just it's a really feel good moment 
that everybody in the NFL and even in college football, like just really are all just coming together, former, current players, just all rallying together for DeMar Hamlin, as well as the fan base, the fan bases. And I, I just think that's a beautiful thing. And and through the power of, you know, through the power of the prayer and the power of the support and everything on top of that, I, I think that he will, he'll, he'll make it out. Um, he's just, he's still in that coma. Um, from what I know, I think it's like an, like an induced coma. And, um, and I, I think if, if everything goes well, hopefully, um, depending on numbers and stuff, maybe he'll wake up tomorrow. But I mean, that's more of wishful thinking. Cause usually they, usually they try to, you know, sedate you for 72 hours and then see what happens. But in this case scenario, just, you just got to hope that he wakes up and, and have faith that he will. Um, I mean, uh, go ahead, Josh. I mean, it's Zach Taylor said that he's like, he's got to wake up. He's got to come out of it because he's got to see all of this. He's got to see how Mm -hmm. he's brought the entire country together. Um, he's got to see all this good. Uh, Let's. We, I think we should talk about something else, though. I mean, we could we could spend probably L- two hours life. talking about this. But um, unless you had, did you have one final statement? Well, uh, it's very interesting right now because I mean, obviously, with the Demar Hamlin incident, there's a lot of questions going into this week. Um, I I don't really want to you know jump into that necessarily but um looking at like just this week in general it's like a lot of things are on pause which because because of the situation because if if you didn't already know which most of you probably know listening to the show would know um the game got suspended or delayed it got canceled for the day um to be rescheduled and uh right now there's just a lot of different theories on if it's going to even be played as well as a lot of other different things. And it's just a very interesting time because like uh, fantasy is like paused. It's almost like everything just kind of like stopped. Like the world kind of like stopped for a minute, which is just really, it's a really crazy thing. And with no Thursday night football game tomorrow, it's almost like you have like the whole week off and it's just like every tomorrow's on everybody's minds right now. And I also do not think that if the NFL was going to reschedule this game, I do not think it will be fair to have them play this game. Number one, either un- unknowing of what DeMar Hamlin's situation will be, because if he hasn't woken up at that point, I feel like there's still a lot of unknown for not only the Bengals, but because obviously they were the opposing team and the Bills who may want to go out and win for DeMar Hamlin, but also like in the unknown of that game, but also with the scheduling conflicts of the NFL and how they like to, do everything week by week and whatnot. I also don't think it would be fair for the Bengals and the Bills to have to play. Uh, either both of them or at least one of them will have to play um, three games potentially in one week because I saw a report that said that they wanted to play. Um, they, they were going to try to play Buffalo and Cincinnati on Wednesday, but wild card weekend is next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend. And the Bengals and Ravens play on Sunday and the Bills and Patriots play on Sunday. And then both teams, the Ravens for the Bengals and the uh, Patriots for the Bills are both, well, Patriots aren't in yet, but they're a playoff contending team. And the Ravens are in playoffs, a playoff team. 
you have that you have both of those matchups and you have the Wednesday matchup between the Bengals and the the Bills and then you have them play on wild card weekend which would either be Saturday or Sunday and I don't think that's fair for those teams to have to play in the unknown but also rough up their bodies and have another crazy situation like that happen again on Sunday where you know you have a situation where like somebody else even necessarily like god forbid somebody collapses on the field but somebody's just three days a week they were talking about like bishop sycamore and that whole college uh scandal that happened like uh two years ago during quarantine like, fake school yeah that fake school thing like they were concerned <laughs> because they were having these like 26 year old men playing football games like two days apart from each other they had like a game ironically enough in mckee's rocks they actually the bishop sycamore team played mckee's rocks which is where damar hamlin's fun from and they had him they had them play mckee's rocks just to play like two days later against img academy like it is like insane to even consider playing two football games with full pads on like three or four days from each other like three times like it's granted people are always like oh yeah sunday night football and then thursday night or sunday football and then thursday football you only have four days to prepare but yeah but think about sunday wednesday and saturday or sunday like that is just so much time just to get ready for the following week i just it's it's a really a weird situation of how it'll go i know the nfl will try their best to make it happen i mean there's so many bad reports about them right now like wanting to continue the game and whatnot but if the nfl actually cares they'll 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 know what to do but i mean it's just there's just a lot of unknown right now in the nfl when it comes to just literally everything because it's just so many uncertainties going into week 18 so but yeah i mean it somebody's gonna get screwed over whether it's the chiefs the bills or the Bengals. someone's gonna get screwed over that's why hopefully someone smarter than me is working on this. There's a lot of Twitter scenarios people are throwing out there. Um, who, who knows what's going to happen? I, you know, I, I mean, the only thing that I could think of that they would do, which I don't think that they would because they care too much about money. The NFL does. Um, I, I think what you would have to do is you might want to play some games on a weekday closer, like, not weekday per se, but like I thought of like the pitched idea where it's like instead of having one wild card weekend, you have two wild card weekends. You give the AFC one week off, which might not be the best, but every, and nobody really gets a bye. Everyone kind of gets a bye week, but instead of everybody getting the bye week, it's like the the team that has the bye will get like two weeks, for example. So like the like which kind of sucks because you're cold for two weeks, but like. I mean, like for the for example, this coming week, um, after this week goes, you have the NFC Wild Card Weekend for Saturday and Sunday. It's less games. You have the NFC Wild Card Weekend, and then that following week you have the AFC Wild Card Weekend, and then then you do the divisionals and the championship. And you're you're running really close to Super Bowl at that point, and like it'll kind of interfere with the Pro Bowl and whatnot. But like at some point, it's like I feel like you know if you if you care a lot about like the championship and stuff like that, you can push the pull, the Pro Bowl around. I mean, it's, right. and I don't, I don't think these players are going to care that much about a flag football game. I mean, I, I think it's cool to watch a flag football game happen. Don't get me wrong, but like, I want to see these teams go in, but I think, I think it's an interesting scenario. Um, I'm sure somebody else, somebody else also came up with it, but I thought about it without using Twitter. Um, <laughs> and, and I think Claiming that it could be, a, 
well, I'm claiming this is my own without actually stealing the idea because I didn't. Um, I thought of it on my own, but somebody might have thought of the same thing. Like, I'm sure somebody out there thought of the invention of a cellular device, and then somebody figured out how to do it before them. But I, it's here nor there. I, I know the NFL will try to figure it out to the best of their ability, but it, it's just a lot of uncertainty right now. Um, just a lot of things up in the air. So... But I, I think, in my opinion, I think that would be the best way to go forth with it, um, just to give the AFC that week off just in in hope for DeMar Hamlin because obviously the AFC teams are a little bit more affected by it just because AFC, DeMar Hamlin, Buffalo, and then the NFC is not as affiliated with Buffalo. So, um, right. but... I guess it's just we'll we'll wait and see. We'll we'll update you as we know more. But yeah, I I mean I've been tweeting like crazy. I think I've tweeted more in the last three days than I have in the rest of my tweeting tweeting career. Yeah, I was reposting uh, things like crazy too. It was crazy. So follow that Josh underscore butts underscore two thousand one for all the Twitter updates. Um, but yeah. I like I said I don't really have an answer. I don't know what would work. I don't know how to solve this. Um, what I do know is that Taylor Heineke will not be starting for the Washington Commanders, led by uh, Major Tutty, their mascot. They mm-hmm. will be starting. Uh, I think he's a rookie. Sam Howell. Uh, yeah, Ta- Sam, yeah, Sam Ron Rivera went up to ta- he went up to Taylor and he said, "Well, uh, Carson didn't work out. We're eliminated from the playoffs now. Apparently, did not know that. Learned that in a press conference. But uh, we're eliminated now. So Taylor, we're gonna start you in the first half. Sam's gonna play later on." And Taylor said, "Nope, Coach, give Sam the full start." So uh, could Sam Howell be the future of the Washington Commanders? At, they're such that organization is so like poorly ran at this point. Why would you announce your mascot on week seventeen, and he's not even a commander, and he's a pig? Did uh, you see that? Yeah. No, I did not see it. You didn't see this? Okay, the commander's mascot is a pig. Named Major Tutty. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. <laughs> and they just announced it on week seventeen. Look up, look up a photo of him right now. If you, what, if Major you're listening, Tutty? and you, if you have not, yes, I assume if you like Major Tutty, like touchdown. Why Major Tutty is cruddy? The new commander's mascot, a thumbs down. He's he's not even a commander. He's a. Like, he could have been Commander Tutty. He's Major Tutty. Yeah, that, that just that makes that just makes it terrible. Is Major higher than Commander? I think Major's below Commander, isn't it? Is Major higher than Commander? Um, the United States, it is equivalent to the naval rank of Lieutenant Commander in the other way. Major is a field-grade military office rank above the rank of Captain and below the rank of Lieutenant Colonel. So that didn't really answer the question. But in the case of the scenario, if it is, if Major Tutty is, if a major is lower than a commander, then that would make sense because 
then at that point the commanders are the commanders and the major tadi the um mascot is um lower than them because they are the commanders and he's just the major he's the support so it's a it's a very crazy <laughs> lore that you're gonna have to really really dig deep into but i understand if that is exactly what it is then i get it why they would call it that i mean i don't understand why it's a pig but i mean it could have literally been just some guy in a soldier costume but i mean whatever i guess it, it could have been literally anything else i feel like the pig makes it so much worse than like that's a slur for like police officers per- potentially yeah i guess that i don't know why you do that they're they're already being called the commies they're already all red they already have every lawsuit that could possibly be thrown at them Mm-hmm. And then they've introduced a pig named Major Tutty as their mascot. Yeah, I, I don't I, really know what's going on in Washington right now, but but when Sam it comes Howell to... is their leader now. Sam, Sam Howell, Howell though, is in charge. Sam and Howell, Taylor Heineke. Well, it, it, it's, it's Sam Howell. He he played at North Carolina. He right. was projected to be um, higher than um kenny pickett at one point in the draft well so so was malik willis and now josh dobbs is starting over malik willis again but but sam how but compared to malik willis and i i say this constantly because malik willis a lot of people are like really invested in malik willis the problem with malik willis compared to some of these other quarterbacks that you're seeing in the nfl and it has nothing to do necessarily with the college but it has a lot to do with the college as i've mentioned malik willis played for liberty university an independent team right. sam howell played for north carolina in the same conference same in the acc with pitt which was kenny pickett sam howell was right. in there too granted north carolina didn't have as good of a year as kenny pickett did at pitt but sam howell um, he was still a very, very solid quarterback. I think, if I'm not wrong, I think North Carolina went like. I want to. I want to double check my thing. Well, North I mean, Carolina... record doesn't always equal uh, good quarterback, though. I mean, look at Georgia. Stetson Bennett isn't anything special. Well, no, but but also like, but but once again like North Carolina the thing the thing that I bring up is the fact that when you're in a conference of an extreme magnitude such as the ACC or the Big 10 the Pac-12 like you when you're in these big divisions and you're fighting big big time teams and stuff like that it, it is a lot harder to play quarterback than like independence or if you're playing in the big sky division like it's just it's the caliber of teams and i'm not talking down on liberty university because notre dame is an independent as well but the thing is is like when you look at north carolina especially in 2021 they were a top uh, they were um if this is no this is the 2022 2023 season in 2021 2022 although that they were i think they yeah they finished six and seven overall um they they were in a very um like tougher conference i would say um but how had um 3056 yards 24 touchdowns and nine interceptions in, in his junior year which was 2021 so he did pretty he did fairly well especially at north carolina 
um, in, in the ACC and stuff. Uh, Malik Willis, on the other hand, um, college stats real quick. Uh, Malik in 2021. He had um, a total career. It looks like, yeah, Malik Willis from 2018 to 2021, his career yards was 2,131 2, yards like throwing so and that's like all time compared to sam howell who threw three thousand in his one season if that's correct and still losing and still being six and seven that's crazy so in retrospect sam howell should have should have been the better quarterback i i don't know where sam howell got ended up falling i don't know if he fell um he was like a uh, fifth rounder i think which is crazy because where Malik Willis was drafted went in the second or third round or third, fourth? I believe. Because yeah. I think Ritter and Pickett were the only quarterbacks that went before any other quarterbacks. Yeah, and Ritter Ritter is also very good, but it's very interesting to look at these guys. I mean, I I could do a little bit more of an in depth analysis for college if you needed me to, but in this case scenario, I think <laughs> Sam Howell is a lot better of a quarterback than um, Malik Willis was, and I always stood by that. because based on the team and granted i know a lot of times people are always like oh you can't base it off the team but if you think about it joe burrow did nothing for the multiple years and then blew up at lsu well he was on the bench urban meyer benched him and we saw what kind of coach urban meyer was yes but my point was is that the team that he played for was lsu and he did great with lsu and then he's doing great in the nfl if you do good with phenomenal quarterback yeah, and like, and if you can do well, regardless of what you have, and in, in case scenario, Joe Burrow had all the weapons that he needed to win, and like six, like exceeded like what they, everybody thought he was going to do. Sixty three or sixty two touchdowns in a NCAA season is crazy because you don't play you know sixteen or seventeen games. You're playing twelve, and then you right. then you go on to like playoffs and stuff. But like, so. It's it's very interesting to see how quarterbacks do, to the capacity that they do. But I, I, I very much agree with the idea that like you know the 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 better you do in the year, better school you go to, the better yards you play, um, the better you are in in the NFL. Because it, you think about it this way, like how often do you see teams come from like random D one schools that like are very like rare, you know? Like you think about like, um, like. Yeah, I I mean, granted, like some of these like basketball schools I can name because they're so random. They play pit basketball because pit basketball all of a sudden started heating up, but for some reason sucked for the last six years. But like Alabama State, like, it, did you even know Alabama State was a school? Like, nothing against Alabama State, but like the the point of the being is like you're probably not going to get as big of a basketball talent from Alabama State as you would the University of Alabama. It's just uh-huh. like the you know, and like you go on and on about that, but like. It's just it's just the same situation. So um, I think Sam. But going back to Sam, I think he's going to be good. I think he'll be good. Okay. Well, let me let me see here. I mean, there there's a list out there. Uh, people are saying like these are all the quarterbacks that are probably going to be available. Um, do the Commanders go after one of these guys? So this is from Spot Track on Twitter. And he tweeted, potentially available quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, they have not re-signed him, Tom Brady, 
Mm, can he be on the move? He'll be a free agent. Maybe he goes to Vegas. Maybe he goes to ba- back home to San Francisco. Daniel Jones, they denied his fifth-year option. They would have to re-sign him. Derek Carr, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's also going to be a free agent. And Brock Purdy's been playing well. Ryan Tannehill, could he be on the move? Where where could Ryan Tannehill be going? Um would Josh Dobbs be the starter? Who would be the starter in Tennessee then? Geno Smith, who's had a very surprising season. Baker Mayfield, who's had a mixed bag of a season. Sam Darnold, backup. Andy da- Andy Dalton, love him, but he's probably a backup from now on. Jordan Love, who knows? Mike White, another mixed bag quarterback. Zach Wilson. Robert Sala said, we're not giving up on Zach Wilson. Through hell or high water, we are riding with Zach Wilson, even though we benched him. Taylor Heineke, who we've been talking about. <laughs> Matt Ryan, who Should may have played himself up. out of the Hall of He might have played himself out of the Hall of Fame, going to be honest. Carson Wentz, he had that one really good season, got injured. Nick Foles took over, and then he hasn't been the same since. Jameis Winston, yeah. Uh, Marcus Mariota, it's being reported he gave up on his team. They're saying, hey, Desmond Ritter sat behind you all this time, and um, he didn't leave. He wasn't mad that he got benched. He sat. He helped you practice. He helped you uh, play the game. Even though he was younger than you, he wanted to help the team. As soon as we benched you, Marcus, you left, and now uh, Desmond's all by himself in the quarterback room. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what people are saying. And then um, your favorite guy on this list, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, could be on the move. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think I think for the Steelers, I think they're going to end up – I don't think Mason Rudolph is going to sign with the Steelers because I think Mason Rudolph feels like he got the and bad shaft of the stick. So I think he'll probably try to go somewhere else because, I mean, it, it, Mason Rudolph was always like destined to – he wasn't, I don't think, ever destined to start, but I think he always hoped either he would have started after Ben retired until we got somebody or, in this situation, been the certified backup. But this year, he got snubbed and ended up being the third string. And it ended up not benefiting anybody because Mitchell Trubitsky didn't do anything for us to even benefit from Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett was just thrown in there. It's it's one thing when you have like a, like a seasoned quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger in there, and then you have Kenny Pickett, and then you have mason rudolph and then ben retires and then kenny pickett moves up one spot and then mason sits behind him okay but in this case scenario they were like banking on mitch and then they it was just this weird thing but i think mitch will get moved i don't think mason will resign and i think we'll end up picking up some backup in the waiver in the free agency i don't think it'll be some big big quarterback or anything but like i don't know they would be like oh yeah andy dalton come to pittsburgh as a backup or like joe flacco type thing you know (laughs) Like, I don't think it'll be anything like, like, I, they're not going to sign like Jimmy Garoppolo or anything like that. That'd be stupid because it'd just be a waste of Jimmy's G's, G's talent. And Steelers don't want to spend that much for a quarterback whenever they already are invested in Kenny Pickett for the future. So. Right. I think I, I didn't realize that there were this many potentially quarter, uh, potential quarterbacks available in the off season. I was getting kind of worried about content in the off season. Cause I was like, we're not going to have anything to talk about, but there's a lot of guys here. Obviously you've got like your Sam Darnolds and Jordan love where it's like, eh, 
But like Lamar Jackson, that's a big that's name. A big Tom name. Brady. What's Tom Brady going to do? Where's Derek Carr going to go? Jimmy Garoppolo, that could be an interesting one because that's going to determine whether Trey Lance or Brock Purdy is a starter. I mean, there's going to be a lot to talk about this offseason. Um, so that'll be fun. I, I Come offseason. We got a lot of movement. You say we got two months though. We got two months. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. You're getting excited for nothing right now. No, I'm getting excited for Lamar Jackson potentially leaving the AFC North. Yeah, and then and then Baltimore will be at the bottom of the division for the next five years. So and that'll be sick because because <laughs> maybe the Steelers will develop and then it'll just be the Steelers and Bengals at the top, and then the Cleveland Browns are still struggling to figure out what kind of team they are. <laughs> And still somehow managed to go two and fifteen, so or two and fourteen or whatever. But Tyler, you're not giving Tyler Huntley a chance, huh? I, I am not gonna lie. I don't think Huntley is that solid of a quarterback. I think he is a certified backup, but I don't think he's gonna lead Baltimore to any sort of glory. Um, I I mean, it, he he almost folded. Um, he almost folded in that game against us in November when we had mitch in and then he couldn't clutch up at the end against us when we beat them last time so i don't think that now i don't think huntley can lead baltimore to anything special i mean i think they can win games but i don't think huntley's the guy and so in conclusion it'll be fun to see pittsburgh and cincinnati at the top if lamar leaves so because i i think all the, i think the steelers just need to tweak some things maybe get a new offensive coordinator um i definitely think they could use a better offensive coordinator um but i think if they tweak some things get that new coordinator i don't know well somehow somehow some way i i don't understand but somehow some way the jet sweeps worked against baltimore the jet sweeps never work (laughs) and somehow baltimore fell for it every single time i i've i'm blown away by that like i i during the game over the weekend you know Kenny Pickett, legend, you know, legend, legend comeback, whatever. Like, bro, homie, like we 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 threw like six different jet sweeps and they all got like ten yards. When we pulled jet sweeps, like in the last sixteen weeks that we called it, freaking every time we would do it, at least one would go back negative four yards. So the fact that they worked every time, I don't know. I I I mean, I think if you get a new offensive coordinator and you just tweak the team just a tid like tidbit more. I think I don't think the Steelers may I don't the Steelers are not going to be better than the Bengals per se, but I think it'll be a fun competition. Not with uh, co coach of the year Zach Taylor um, in charge. Uh, After Monday, he's he's he will have that job forever. He would have to do something extremely stupid to get fired at this point. I think I think. Um, I, 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 I really, the only way I think, I mean, luckily Cincinnati's in good luck right now because you guys got a very young, young team. So more than likely, if you continue talking about the pay cuts and everything happens the way that it should, um, uh, more than likely, um, he, Taylor has nothing to worry about, um, no, yeah. losing his job He's- because more than likely Cincinnati isn't going to have a losing season anytime soon. You would assume not unless Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase both got hurt kind of like how it happened in LA where like, you know, Matt Stafford and, you know, Cooper cup went down and then everybody else went down. The only way the Bengals would have a losing season would be between that. But even then um, I don't think he would be fired for that because you can't really help injuries. So no, 
And I, I mean, same way, the Rams aren't going to fire Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Oh, absolutely not. Right now. And yeah. And if the Rams do fire Sean McVay, they're idiots. Absolutely. But, yeah, absolutely. But no, Zach Taylor on Monday, he had the opportunity to show his true colors. He had the opportunity to say, oh, well, no, nope, we're going to nope. keep playing. This is, yeah, this is, we already started the game. You know, once you start the game, you got to finish the game. But he, he didn't. He recognized the situation. He figured it out. He recognized that his guys were bothered by it, that the other team's guys were bothered by it. Him and Sean McDermott both acknowledged that. They both figured that out. They figured out their priorities. That's what's important. Um, just want to finish with a shout out to them. Gonna, We're over time here. I am gonna. I've been watching which finalists they've announced, so I'll read off who they have announced so far okay. uh, for the Hall of Fame. Joe Thomas, who's a first ballot, Willie Anderson, Tory Holt, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, uh, head coach Don Coriel, Jared Allen, Demarcus Ware, Dwight Freeney, Joe Coleco, Ken Riley, Chuck Howley, and Rondé Barber. That's Are not those all of them, but that's not most all of them. them. Okay. But we'll, we'll talk Wayne more about is... those on Friday. We'll talk more about this other stuff on Friday. Obviously, DeMar took up most of the time, which is important. It was an important story. I'm, it's, it's a very, yeah, it's a, I think it needed to be taught. I think it needed to be talked to the uh, talked about the most considering the situation, the severity of the uh, situation that happened on the field. I'm glad that we discussed it for like 20 minutes, um, especially from like just different perspectives and stuff. It's, it's a very sad time. Oh my gosh, voice crap. Um, but I think it's um, a very sad time. But I think by Friday, hopefully, we'll next time, next episode, we'll have a little bit more information. So, yeah, but. I'm just doing a quick double check here. Bills have not posted anything. I've been being very careful who I get my yeah. information from. So, uh, yeah, I know Rappaport's uh, getting all of his information from the family. He said that on McAfee. So, yeah, no new updates, but uh, just keep him in your prayers. Keep praying for him. Um, you know, uh, this outro. Follow me on Twitter, Josh underscore butts underscore 2001. Uh, I said it halfway through the show. I'll say it again now. Um, Instagram, no butts underscore show. Follow it there. We'll start posting there more we're working on it it's all in the works trust is shaking his head yes because he knows that's his job and um follow us on or no not follow us you can't follow us email me bullmoosepodcast2 at gmail.com that's bullmoosepodcast the number two at gmail.com um i i did have a question for chuss but he left so I guess I will not be asking that. I hope everyone has a great weekend or a great week. See you all Friday. Um, Damar Hamlin, you're still in our prayers. Continuously praying for you. Um, thank you to all of the media people who have been keeping up on that story. Oh, okay. Tross is back. I have a question. Yes, is yes. the YouTube Is the YouTube up yet? Um, I made it, but it's not like done. Is so. is the TikTok that those are the two things we're working on right now? Yes, listeners. we're working on is them. The, we're working, but on they're them not now. up yet. 
No, because like you create the accounts, but I, I don't want it to be up until we have like the descriptions and everything are finished. Okay. So. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that's what you have to look forward to. Um, thanks for listening.